Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you here. And we want to say welcome if you're joining us online. Hope you're having a great day. And we are really excited. We are joining with our location, uh, Gas Street South. So let's give it up for Gas Street South. And uh, if, you're, if you're watching at Gas Street South, sitting down, let's hear a whoop from you. I hope Mike DeBandy's behaving there. Um, it's actually really exciting what's happening here. Gastry South, each week new people are coming. Last week, four people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. We've heard amazing stories of what God is doing. And so it's a joy to be able to join with, uh, yeah, Gastry South. Now, Rachel and I are so thrilled today to have Nikki and Pippa Gumbel with us. We had the privilege of working with Nikki and Pippa for 10 years. And it was uh, 10 incredibly happy years. Luke and Anna Hellebronth also were part of HDB for, for a number of years. And so uh, they have influenced us and helped shape us in huge ways. And actually, we are a church that has been planted out of HDB. So in some ways, it's like the grandparents are coming. Uh, we're all on our best behavior, <laughs> aren't we? No, but they, <laughs> Nikki and Pippa have just championed us and we just wouldn't be here if it were not for them. So can we just give a huge welcome, Nikki and Pippa Gumbel, come on up. Oh wow, this is absolutely amazing. Look at all of you. Haven't, look, Tim and Rach are our total heroes. Haven't they done a brilliant job here? Thank you, thank you. Um, well, it's, it's, Amazing to have you both here. And um, you're right. <laughs> there are some yellow blobs on the floor, and I have to make sure the stool is exactly on exactly, them. I've been yes. I'm just following instructions. Fine, finally. <laughs> um, doing, doing what I'm told. Which just just sadly not my instructions, but anyway. Um, well, um, both of you, you've recently transitioned from being the leaders of HTB. You were part of HTB for 45 years. Yes, 1976, before I was born, which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, you, you've been... Uh, the all this grandparents before you were born. <laughs> well, if we're the parents. And, and then um, you lead as vicar for nearly 20 years and have recently transitioned and Archie Coates is now the vicar. But you're far from stepping back. In fact, if anything, you're launching into a whole new uh, area of ministry and vision, and you're running with a whole bunch of things that are incredibly exciting. But just tell us, how's that transition been, and what are you feeling God's calling you to do for this new season of your lives? Well, um, it's just amazing to be here again. This wasn't open when we came, was it? When we first came, so we came for the opening, we came five years ago, and now we've come back, and I just can't believe what has happened in that time, and how the church has grown and is thriving, so it's wonderful. Um, yes, we have sort of handed over the baton to Archie, and now trying to concentrate more on Alpha and Alpha International. I was just thinking that we did a lot of traveling in the early early times with Alpha, uh, and um, that was his great passion to try and get the gospel out around the world. And then when Nikki was running the church, or we were running that, we were too, really too busy to concentrate on all the international side. So this has freed us up to 
travel again and to have the opportunity to see what's going on around the world. And we've been, it's been a, such a privilege. We've been involved, obviously, with, with HTB, but with Alpha, and that is all over the world in most countries, and we have offices in many of them. And to have the opportunity now to go and see what's going on all over the world is actually really, really exciting. So this is a, a new season for us. And we have, we're free on a Sunday. We can come here. Woohoo! Um, it is really such fun. So, yeah, we're, we're very excited about this next season. Are you excited about this next season? I'm really excited about this next season, Pips. And particularly when you see this. This is just so amazing to see what you guys have done in the last... I can't believe it's only seven years, but being at St Luke's Church this morning, seeing that absolutely packed out, amazing vibe, uh, atmosphere there, and seeing that you've got you know, another, another church plant there. It's just so exciting to see what you're doing. And what an Im and we're so excited to be in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, we came off the train yesterday. That this is the, isn't the, the youngest city in the whole of Europe. And the buzz around the, the station and all the young people, what an amazing place to be. And what a key place to be planting churches, bringing life, so much need in this, in this city. And if you just say about what you're working towards for 2033. Well, uh, I'm sure you all have in your diaries the 17th of April, 2033. Is that in your diaries? It is. I'm sure you all know what that date is. It's Easter Day, 2033. And it is, as you know, they're all saying it at once, the 2000th anniversary of the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, uh, Jesus died for us, he was raised to life, and then he gave us the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. So, how are we doing? And 2033, his 2000th anniversary of the Great Commission and the resurrection of the Great Commission, wouldn't it be great for everyone on the planet to have had the opportunity to hear that good news? So that's the aim. And uh, we want to play our part in that. So we'll work, the Bible translators will have the Bible in 99, New Testament in 99.996% of the languages in the world by then, and 25 chapters in every language. Rick Warren is working on a Bible, a believer, and a body of Christ in every people group, and we're working on giving everyone on the planet the opportunity to go on an Alpha course. So we were reading the film series. Uh, a Chinese film series has just come out. Uh, absolutely amazing. It's got, we're not in it, because uh, we're not Chinese, in case you hadn't noticed, but that uh, the Chinese presenters, Chinese testimonies, Chinese uh, vox pops, it's entirely Chinese. And it is so amazing. I literally, you, it, just watching it uh, is, it, it's tear-jerking, it's so powerful, and so many people. Yeah, there are a million Chinese in Vancouver, a million Chinese in, in Kenya, a million Chinese in Melbourne. There are, uh, this is an enormous people group. And just to see the impact are, and on Chinese pastors who are able to run this uh, in and out of China in their own language is, and it's, you know, this is just so exciting to see. So that's what we're involved in. Amazing. And I'd just love to jump right back to the beginning because 
many, most people in the room will be aware of the amazing ministry through HTV, Alpha, et cetera, et cetera, Bible in one year. We didn't, haven't even mentioned that at this point. But um, how did you guys become Christians? What, what was your journey into faith? I know neither of you grew up as Christians in Christian families. Um, so tell us a bit more about how you discovered relationship with Jesus. Um, my family was sort of nominal, I suppose. I, they certainly wouldn't have said they weren't Christians, and we occasionally went to church, but we never talked about faith. We didn't pray. We didn't have Bibles. And I, I certainly didn't know you could have a relationship with Jesus. And I, in, I suppose it was my early teenage years. I was pretty lost, actually. One, you know, I thought I was having fun. I was going to lots of parties and um, in, in some ways superficially enjoying myself. But I realized that I needed something more. I had met Nicky. I rang him up, actually, before we were both Christians. I wanted to get into a nightclub, and someone told me that he was a member. So I rang him up. Um, they gave me his number, and I rang him up. It was a strange thing to do. But anyway, I did, and we became friends from that moment. Nicky went off to university, and his second term, there was a mission, and through friends, he became a Christian, rather a radical Christian. He was then so keen to tell everyone about Jesus. And I saw him again at a party. He came out to me and said, I look terrible and I needed Jesus. <laughs> it was probably true, but I, was, I thought he'd gone mad. Um, so I sort of distanced myself from Nikki. But actually then, God was so kind. A different group of people in London, some young people who'd all come into London, wanted to talk about their faith. I didn't know they were Christians. They started a, a sort of restaurant where anyone could go. And I started hanging out with them. I thought it was cool. I thought they were nice. I thought they were kind and loving and there was something about them, but I didn't know what it was. And it, over a period of time, they started talking about their faith. And then one day, someone opened a Bible, turned to John 10, verse 10, and read that verse. I came that you might have life and life to all its fullness. And at that moment, it was as though a light bulb went on and I went home and knelt down and prayed the first meaningful prayer I'd ever prayed, asking Jesus to come into my life. What happened to you? And what about you, Nikki? Yeah. So uh, my father was a refugee, which is why I'm so thrilled with the work that Gas Street is doing with um, refugees. I think it's absolutely wonderful because if... My father had not been welcomed as a refugee here. I would not be alive because he was fleeing from the Nazis and um, my, many members of my family were put into concentration camps. But he came here as a refugee. He was Jewish, secular Jew, um, and uh, didn't go to church. My mother didn't go to church, so I was brought up uh, not outside the church, and I became an atheist when I was a teenager and quite an argumentative atheist, but to cut a very long story short, in my second year, second term at university, uh, I read the New Testament, and it was as if the person of Jesus emerged from the pages, and I encountered him. And in that moment, it was as if I found everything I'd been searching for all my life, and the sort of spiritual hunger that, that was there, but I, didn't, I would never have described it as that because I, I just was always searching for something new. And I hadn't realized that what every human being it needs because we're created for it. Life will not make sense until we find a relationship with God through Jesus. 
And when I found that, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life in all its fullness. And that's what I experienced at that moment. And from that moment, I wanted other people to know because it's like finding water in a desert. You could say, oh, great, I found water. Uh, oh, there's some people over there who need water. I can't be bothered to tell them. Uh, but if we found water, we want to tell other people, look, there's water here. You can satisfy your thirst. And so I guess that's what, that was a moment that changed my life. And, you know, Tim and I, we are so grateful for the example that you have given us, not just in terms of your leadership and your vision, etc., but but just in the way that you live your lives, that you live out your faith. And obviously, you've both been following Jesus for a long time. And within that, there must have been times where uh, life is tricky, where there's pain. And I know there have been health challenges, etc. How have you, how have you managed those? What, 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 um, what does your faith look like at those times? And thinking of others that might be here who are facing similar challenges. Um, in uh, 2019, I was diagnosed with a little bit of lung cancer. And I mean, these things come out of the blue. I, I wasn't a smoker. They must have asked me a hundred times, did you smoke? And I kept saying, no, at least I did have a couple of cigarettes when I was 17. <laughs> and they said, no, that couldn't really be it. Um, but <laughs> um, anyway, I had a li this little bit of cancer. And I was very blessed that, that um, it, was, it was removed. But any of these things in life, they come as a you know, shock. One minute you're sailing along and these things happen in life. And it is a big, you know, all these things are a big, big shock. And I think it is, it's definitely the faith of others that get you through the hard times. You need to have people around you praying for, for you, whatever you're facing. I definitely would never get, go through these things alone. And there was, I felt there was a sense, I almost felt I was being carried through that time. And it, it was the Lord. I'm not saying it was easy or it was fun, but you, I sensed that the Lord was with me even when I couldn't pray for myself. I knew other people were praying for me. And that is so, so important. Such a strange time because I was just getting better, gone back to church, started going back to church and boom, a pandemic and we're all back out of church again. So it was, you know, life is very strange and for all of us, I don't think we've had years like we've had these years. My 94-year-old mother kept on saying, we've never had a pandemic like this before. We've had the war, we've had this, but we've never had a pandemic, which we haven't. And it was strange times. And I think, it, I think we've all come out of it, you know, amazing. Not everyone's come out of it, sadly, but we've come out of it. But we've come out different. And there is a lot more anxiety and worry I don't know whether the, the media has made it worse because I think there's always something to be anxious about. And now there's wars in your, uh, Europe that... So life is, is tough, I think, at this time. And more people that I've known have been suffering from mental illness than I've ever seen in my lifetime before. And how much more we need Jesus at this time. You know, Jesus is the only rock. He's the only anchor. When the storms are raging, if we haven't got that sort of anchor deep in, in Jesus, then I think we are blown around. So I think we need one another desperately, and we need to keep our faith and keep encouraging us. Because although there are difficulties and problems, the opportunities are enormous. The sort of spiritual hunger, I think, out here is, is, 
is huge. So the answer is, G- I mean, we always think that's a bit corny, but the answer is Jesus. Uh, and it really is Jesus. But it's, you know, when you're knocked and your faith is hard, you still need to be reminded of that and you need your friends to carry you through. The verse I read, well, one of the verses I read this morning was, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And I think it's an encouragement to any of, any of you here that are going through a hard time at the moment. You, know, you may be having real difficulties in your life, real challenges, or uh, watching this on live stream. You're, you're going through a really tough time. And uh, as Kay Warren often says, life is more difficult than you think it's going to be. And it is the biblical pattern that you get a vision and then you get all the problems and then you get the fulfillment. So Abraham had the promise, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he had to wait 25 years until he was 100 before the promise was fulfilled. Joseph gets the promise, everyone's going to bow down to you. And then 15 years of of problems and difficulties and in prison and all the the, uh, opposition uh, until the promise is fulfilled. Moses had to wait 40 years. Jesus to go through the crucifixion before the resurrection. So if God makes you wait, you're in good company. Abraham waited patiently uh, before the promise was fulfilled. And so that's what I'd say to you. If any of you are going through hard times right now, it's not because God's cross with you. It's not because you've done anything wrong. This is just the biblical pattern. We get, life is difficult. There are lots of tough times, but, God is with you. God loves you. That's the key thing. You know, I said, Lord, what do you want me to say to the congregation in Birmingham today? And I just sense him saying, tell them that I love them. You know, God loves you. Jesus died for you. The Son of God loved you and gave himself for you. If you ever doubt God loves you, just Jesus died. God, Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. That's how much he loves you. And that's what he wants you to know. And that's what the experience of the Spirit is about. That's why we pray. I'm sure here every Sunday, come Holy Spirit. Because what does the Holy Spirit do? He tells you that God loves you. The love of God, God's love for you is poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to you. And he wants you to know and experience today that you are loved by God. That's his message to you. And in the midst of the trials, in the midst of all the difficulties that you're facing, the challenges, you can know right now that you're loved by God. Um, Nikki, you have always um, been very clear around Alpha. I mean, it's extraordinary what God has done through Alpha. Over 30, well over 30 million people have done it worldwide in 140 nations, translated over 170 languages. Um, God's used extraordinarily. You're always quick to say you didn't actually start it, but you very much pioneered it. Can you just talk about how it came about and did you ever expect it to go as far and wide as it has done? No, I mean, we just, I inherited it and we found it worked. And so um, we sort of um, let people know how to do it. And 30 million people have done it, but that's a drop in the ocean 
30 million. That's just research and development. We know it works. Now we've got to roll it out to the world. And so that's what I feel we need to do in this next season. Because um, everyone is searching for three things. Everyone is searching for love. That's why everyone needs to know that they're loved. That's why we, we, we have an, a weekend so people can experience the spirit. Everyone's looking for purpose. Everyone's looking for meaning. I, I've started swimming in the Serpentine. The Serpentine is a beautiful lake in London, in the middle of Hyde Park. Uh, there are rumors that it has a lot of duck poo in it. And that's true, actually. But it's beautiful to swim in. I love it. It's a little bit cold. It's like 12 degrees or like 54 degrees. But I love it. And one of the things I love is all the people there. And I recently met a group called the, the Dirty group, I think they're called. <laughs> D-I-R-T-E. And they are, they're the sort of into Meinhof, they're sort of, they're all into, the guy who, who runs it, Simon, is mushrooms are the answer to life. Um, so he, he's like, yeah, you've got to have eaten lots of, he, he makes mushroom powder. Other people are into cold water therapy. Um, other people are into kalinetics. Other people are into reflexology. Other, uh, other people are into yoga. They all share offices in Soho House. They're all in their 20s. They're all very cool. Uh, they, I'm their official photographer. I take photographs of them. And they look like the cast of Love Island. Uh, and uh, they are... Uh, anyway, I, I was uh, ch- chatting. That they, you know, I heard what, all the things that they're doing. And they said to me, well, so what do you do? And I said... Well, I'm a vicar. I'm involved in this thing called Alpha. And they said, oh, what's Alpha? I said, it's an opportunity to explore the meaning of life. You ask questions like, what makes you happy? What happens when you die? What about forgiveness? How can you make the most of the rest of your life? And they said, oh, sign us up for that. We'd love to do Alpha. Can we do it? Because they're searching. Why are they doing all these things? They're searching for meaning, for purpose in life. And every human being is searching for meaning and purpose. And ultimately, meaning and purpose is only found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then people are searching to belong. Why do they go to to this group? They go into the serpentine. They don't swim. They go into the cold water. They stand in a group. They hold hands and they breathe. And one of them, they hold on. Please me there's some oh, video evidence oh, of you doing I, this, I've got, I, I could share it to you on my phone, because I'm the official photography. I've got the photograph. I'll show you. Not a I'll show, no, not, I, not a no, no, I don't go in the photo. I would completely ruin the photo. <laughs> um, because there's no... The, one of the, I, you know, I had, they said, come and have coffee with us. This was uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday morning. They said, come and have coffee with us. So um, I started chatting with this guy, and he said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 67. He said, oh, my grandmother is 67. <laughs> He's 25. So um, uh, anyway, so I, I'm not in the photo. But I have got photographic, well, I'll show it strictly for you privately over lunch, not to, be, not to appear on the screen. Um, okay, Nikki, sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but people are, they're looking for, so they put out a, um, yesterday morning together with a photo, they've put um, a quote all about connectivity and community because everyone's searching for community. And that's why people love Alpha because on the last night of Alpha, they look around and they say, wow, I didn't know any of you 10 weeks ago and now I feel closer to you than people I've known for 20 years. They've discovered the church. They wouldn't call it church. 
but they've discovered this amazing community, which you all belong to, the community of Jesus Christ. This is the greatest community that you can ever belong to. You have the closest relationships. This is the most, you know, Jesus didn't write a book. He formed a community because he knew people were longing to belong. And this is, this is why people come on Alpha. I'd just love to ask you, uh, ask you both about church planting. Um, as you know, Gastry, we've planted uh, a couple of churches. And when we were at HTB, church planting was so, such a key part of the vision. In fact, I remember the, the vision statement at HTB was the evangelization of the nations, uh, the revitalization of the church, and the transformation of society. Yeah. Thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that. That that really helped bring it home. Um, But the sort of the how of the vision, one of the the strategic mechanisms is church planting, to see that vision happen, to see the nation brought to Jesus. And uh, I'd love you just to share a little bit about why you think it works. Why is church planting such a strategic part of seeing people find relationship with Jesus? At first, our vision was to get an alpha course near uh, near everybody in the country so that people would have the opportunity, if they wanted to, to explore the meaning of life. And then we realized people were doing it and becoming Christians, but actually they couldn't find a church to go to that, you know, of course there are some churches up and down the the country, but there weren't very many and a lot of people were going nowhere. So we realized we couldn't just do the sort of evangelism, that people have to be planted somewhere, they've got to have a community, they've got to belong somewhere. Um, And so that's where the thought of church planting came. And it, it is something that works. I think it's harder to turn around a church, although the people are called to do that, and they, they should do if it's dying right off. But look at this amazing space that you come into, a gasworks, whatever it is, and brought it alive. And when people go out, it's no good just getting a, one church that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Of course, a lot of people can go to it, but you need to, to spread it out all over the place. And that's the vision, to get churches out all up and down the country. And that when you send people out with the power of the Spirit, Jesus promised to go, well, Jesus' command was to go into all the, all the nations, to go, and his promise that he would be with, it, with you. And there's something about the going. I think it's, you know, very courageous of Tim and Rach and all the others who came. You go to a place perhaps you don't know that well, and you and you go and work there, and there's something very powerful about it. The Spirit of God seems to be at work. And seeing the church plants up and down the country now is so encouraging for us because there's shining lights all over the place. Do you want to add to that? <laughs> no. Yes? I, I could, if I add to it, I'll only detract from it. <laughs> See, I think it used to be planted is 127 churches all over the UK and beyond. And, uh, but in order to do that, there's a raising up of leaders. And uh, when we started this church, Bishop David, uh, who's with us a couple of weeks back, um, encouraged us to remain a church that would stay uncomfortable, that we'd never settle, get comfortable, but we'd always be willing to go. And in order to reach our nation, it's going to involve each and every one of us, not just a few, to go, but some particularly to stand up and say, 
I'm going to plant a church. I'm going to be a part of this reaching out uh, to different communities. And, and you guys are passionate about mobilizing leaders. You always have been. But maybe share some of the things that you are currently uh, really encouraging. And, and again, seeing a whole group of people, perhaps, who never previously thought they could lead a Church of England church are stepping up to lead. But just share some of that. Well, I think uh, you, Tim and Rachel, are great models and examples of what can happen. Uh, you know, courageous leaders who take a step of faith and step out and lead. Um, and all of you here are leaders. Every one of you has influence and all of you are leaders. Uh, and, but I think there may be people here who feel, I'd love to do what Tim and Rachel are doing. I'd love to lead a church. And God is calling people to do that to, so that there will be churches right across the country. I mean, the group that I'm talking about, who my, my new friends at the certain time, they are the most lovely people. They are just such amazing people. Uh, but they're searching. And, you know, I, I get a taste of it. That's why I love to, to be part of groups outside of the church because you get a taste of just how amazing these people are, what wonderful people are, loved by God, created in his image and searching. And there'll be people like that all over the nation. And we want to reach those people. How are they to be reached? There has to be a lively church somewhere where they can go to. And God is calling people like Tim and Rach to, to lead church. And look what happened. Look at the, the, the thousands of people probably who've been impacted by this ministry. Thousands of people watching this right now, probably online, who are being impacted by their ministry. And if we're to reach the entire nation, it needs to be people from every people group involved. And so what, what we realized was that, so we, we began a few years ago a theological college called Simulitis with the Bishop of London. And now that there are over a thousand people have been ordained through that. But what we realized was there were certain groups that were not getting ordained because they were kind of trapped underground by intellectualism. It was sort of like, Oh, you can't be a leader of a church unless you've got a degree. That's absolute nonsense. You know, look at the New Testament. Who were the greatest leaders? Peter. Peter, the apostle Peter, did not have a degree. He didn't have any A-levels. He was a fisherman. He, and he's described, Peter and John are described in Acts 4 verse 13 as agrammatoi, idiotai. And I won't attempt a translation of the Greek because it wouldn't be politically correct. But it's, that's what's happening. There's Joe O'Sullivan, who's just, so he started this Peter stream about eight years ago. Joe O'Sullivan, who was one of the, oh look, there they are, the first four Peter stream to get ordained. There's Joe O'Sullivan. Joe left school at 13. He didn't have any qualifications at all. The first thing he passed was his test to get ordained and he passed I met the bishop who was chairing the panel that he was on he passed outstanding in every single category no 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 education beyond 13 but brilliant yeah. utterly brilliant very high emotional intelligence he's now running a church on the Delgano estate that is full probably for the first time in 100 years. Why? Because he's a great guy yeah. and a brilliant leader. 
So, but trapped underground by intellectualism, elitism. He was brought up on an estate. His father took his own life by suicide, jumping off the tower of the World's End estate when he was seven. His mother, an alcoholic, his brother in prison. So, and people thought, oh, you couldn't be ordained in the Church of England if you come from that kind of background. Why not? Yeah. How are we to reach this nation if it's only people from a certain background who are ordained in the Church of England? So then there's Ryan, who's Sri Lankan and in, a mixture of Sri Lankan and Indian, and a, uh, mother is Sri Lankan, father is Indian. Julian, Julian, his grandfather came over with the Windrush generation. So his father was brought up outside the Church of England in the New Testament Church of God, and he didn't ever think that the Church of England was for people like him because he couldn't see anyone who looked like him. Neither Julian nor Ryan could. They were trapped by racism. Racism is a terrible, terrible sin. I know that because uh, my family suffered from anti-Semitism. When, uh, when I was 14, my mother took me, me and my sister for a walk and said, your father is German and Jewish, and you're never to speak to him about it. And I never did. I knew nothing about my father. A few years ago, I was contacted by a museum. And they said, we're researching your family. What do you know about your family? I said, I know nothing about my family. They never spoke to me about, about anything. And so I said, what do you know? And they sent me my family tree. And I discovered that my grandfather was called Moses and my great-grandfather was called Abraham. Not the Abraham. But, <laughs> but I also discovered the concentration camps in which they all died. And I realized just how evil anti-Semitism yeah. is, how evil racism is. Yeah. And there's been racism in the Church of England, in the slave trade. The Holocaust and the slave trade are two of the greatest evils in history. And then there was the racism of the Windrush generation, his grandfather. And as a result of that, the Church of England was not... Rep the, the people from the global majority, they're not the minority, the global majority, we're not represented in the Church of England. They're trapped by racism. So, we, as we're on this Peter stream, we have people who have, these are the first four. We now have 100 people who've been on the Peter stream. They were the first four only three years ago, ordained, uh, well, ordained priests, I think, a year ago. But now, 100 people on that stream, trapped by intellectualism or elitism or racism, and uh, it's changing. Other group of people are people trapped by ageism. Oh, you know, you're over 55, you can't get ordained. Why not? People who are 60, retiring. There's not an article in, in, you know, when the retirement age in this country came out, uh, uh, started get, people getting a pension at 70, life expectancy was 52. Now, Life expectancy, if you reach 60, is 85. So, the pension age is 66. So, people have got 25 years. So, Caleb was still going strong at 85. So, if you've been working in a factory until you're 60, or in a shop, or you've been in IT, but what you really love is ministry. You say, oh, what I really love is what Tim and Rach do. They get to pray for people. They get to lead people to Jesus. I'd love to do that, but I'm too old. I, 
No, you're not too old. This article in The Guardian, they run every week, life begins at 60. People who were, someone who was a teacher, retired at 60, what they really loved was magic. They, they, loved, they loved being a teacher, but what they really loved to now they're a magician. So why can't you be a minister? Maybe what you really love is ministry, but you've been teaching or in the factory, you can now be a minister. So the Caleb stream. And we started with one, then we had eight, this year we got 27, and we have 300 applications for next year. Wow. So that's going to be... And the vision, there they are, there's some of the first ones. The vision is that every village church will have a vicar. You know, if, if, if a vicar has 10 churches, all of them tend to decline. If a vicar has one church, it will grow. That's the evidence all around the country. And these will all, hopefully, these 300, hopefully, or maybe I hope we'll have 1,000. We need 6,000 of them. But we got maybe two years to get the 6,000. We need 6,000 people. Then every church in the country, yes, there's someone tapping saying, yeah, you could do this. Um, <laughs> yes, mum, you could do this. Um, uh, every church in the country can have their own focal minister. So that's, we want to play our part in seeing, as Rach says, the re-evangelization of the nation, the revitalization of church transformation society. That will require loads of people rising to the challenge, coming like Tim and Rach, running churches, and seeing this nation transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, Nikki and Pippa, thank you so much. Let's just uh, thank them. But, yes, thank you. What we'd love is uh, just to ask you both, and let's all stand, and if you're at South, I'm going to hand back to uh, Mike, and you're going to pray God will move uh, amongst you. But um, I'd love you just to pray for us, because none of this is possible without the Spirit of God. If we go on our own strength, it's, it's going to be too much. Uh, but the Spirit of God wants to equip and empower us. And I hope as you were listening, you weren't thinking, oh, this is amazing for someone else. No, this is amazing for you, each and every one of us. And not all of us are going to be called to lead churches, but we're all called to carry the love of Jesus into our places of work, into our communities, amongst our families and friends. And we believe the Spirit of God is equipping us to do extraordinary things in this city and so we're expectant this morning that God is going to meet with each and every one of us. So, Nikki and Pippa, could you pray for us, pray over us? Lord, we thank you for Gas Street Church, for Gas Street Central, St. Luke's, those watching right now online. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. You know, the Holy Spirit is not confused by Zoom or any other digital uh, device. The Holy Spirit can come to you right where you are. And the Spirit of God is here in this, in this building right now, filling people. And what I sense is the main thing that, 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 that God wants to do today is assure people of his love for you. I think there's someone here, like you, you always feel God is cross with you. And I think that the Spirit of God is wanting to assure you that you are loved by God. And if you have children, you know that our children mess up from time to time. It doesn't stop us loving them. 
unconditionally, wholeheartedly, continually. That's how God loves you. And he wants you to experience that love today. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives the Spirit, Romans 5, verse 5, the love of God, God's love for you, this is what's happening right now, is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. I baptized our five-year-old and seven-year-old, two of our nine grandchildren, five-year-old and seven-year-old. And they stood there and they said, I'm getting baptized because I love Jesus and I want to serve him for the rest of my life. And you can say that at any age and be filled with the Holy Spirit and know his love for you. Maybe people who are just feeling, I just have a sense that there may be somebody here who's feeling, but I can't do it. I'd love to do something, but I can't. I just don't feel capable or talented enough or educated enough or whatever it is that I can't do it. But I think God is saying that God's power is made perfect in weakness. And he's not asking you to be brilliant. He's asking you to be willing and to be open and to allow him to move in you and for you to say yes. Yes, you'll take that first step forward, whatever it is, what you feel that God might be calling you to do. or if You feel a prompting that you have to just say yes to Jesus and trust that as you step forward, he is going to give you what you need. And I believe he will give you. As you step forward, he will give you what you need to do what he's called you to do. And I think God is calling people today. Um, we saw that uh, an hour or so ago at St. Luke's um, one of your other campuses. And I think that God is doing the same here, that there are people here who sense that call. Everyone, everyone's called to lead, but there are some people who are called to do what Tim and Rachel are doing, which is to lead churches, to get ordained. And um, there may just be one person here, but if, if you have any, and by coming forward, you're not getting ordained. I, I can't ordain you. Um, but you're saying, I'd like to explore this possibility in my life. And I think there may be some, maybe you're a Peter. Maybe you're someone who thinks, um, oh, I, I couldn't do it because I'm, you know, I'm not educated enough or not from the right background or um, I'm from the global majority or whatever and don't see people who look like me. Or maybe you're a Caleb, maybe you're, you're, you're thinking um, you thought you were too old. Or maybe you're just someone uh, who, who, who senses a call. 
Um, so if that's you, I'd love you just to be very brave, take a step of faith and come out here because I'd like to pray for you. Phipps and I would like to pray for you as you discern because it's not, not everybody, you know, it's not, it's not like this is be a first step. But just make your way to the front if you think this could be a possibility for you and we'd love to pray for you. Yeah. That's brilliant. Come just forward, as people come forward, come, do come forward, come forward. Yes. Just push your way through if you're in the aisles. Um, just come. And again, this isn't like signing <laughs> on the dotted line. It's saying, God, I think you might be speaking to me. Take wow. Isn't it exciting? Yeah. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. What an amazing group of people. These are world changers. These are people who change the face of the Church of England. I think there may be some people who are very young. It might be. I was just reminded of somebody going forward at one stage who was 11, and thinking, and people really honouring that. That you might even know from the time of being 11 that God has called you. So don't worry if you're young. It may be that you're not leaving school to go off to, to be a missionary somewhere, but that that call is already beginning to bubble in you and that God has something for you and it will come, come about. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we want to thank you so much for all these people, mainly young people who are sensing this call and pray now that the sense for each of you is that the Spirit of God is on you today. The Spirit of God is anointing you to proclaim good news to the poor. To open the eyes of the blind. To bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom to the captives, to bring the oil of gladness instead of despair. And I, what I sense is God is giving you His heart, the heart of Jesus, heart of compassion for the people that you're going to serve. You will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. I also sense that um, maybe a few of you felt that you've come off your track, as it were, off your railway track, that you slightly feel as though you're not motoring down the track quite right, and for whatever reason, that you've come off the track a little bit. And it maybe today it's a time to get back on, or maybe your junk, the junction that you've been to, it's a change of direction of that train, but for whatever reason, you haven't felt that you're running along the track. It's just you've somehow come off the track or something's knocked you off the track. 
I think the Lord just is wanting to just put you back on that track and, and so that you can absolutely run down the track that God's called you to. just love to do two things that if uh, firstly if the, if there are people here and you just love to receive prayer it might be that there is something in uh, what Nikki and Pip shared uh, it might be unrelated to this call to, to ch- church leadership but there's something in what they shared that uh, you just sense God speaking to you and you just love an opportunity for someone to pray for you. Um, I'd love to invite, invite you now, just, just begin to come forward and, uh, and there are a team that would love to pray for you. So if that's you, just, just come forward now. It can, be, it can be anything, but you just yeah. sense that God is speaking to you in this moment. Just sorry on that. I think that there's an empowering God wants to do in us. Yeah. So whatever it is, you just want to see more conversations opening up with your yeah. work colleagues, whether you just want to uh, experience God's love in a whole new measure, you just want a greater level of anointing, just come on up now. We want to pray for you. Uh, so wherever you are, push your way through, come to the front. We're going to pray for the Spirit of God to be poured out in great measure. Maybe you haven't experienced the Spirit for a while. Uh, again, I'd love to encourage people just to come. We're going to pray over you. And then just the other thing that we'd love to do, I know um, there might be people here and maybe you've been brought along by a friend or you've been coming along for a couple of weeks and you're just exploring faith. It might be that you're part of our current Alpha course. And, and today I just wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to following Jesus. It might be that uh, you're, you're coming back to faith after a, a long, long time or, or this is brand new for you. But in what you've heard this morning, there's something in your spirit is saying, yes, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna say that yes to Jesus, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time. And so the words of a prayer, I think of our guys uh, have got the prayer that will pop up on the screen. Is that available? Brilliant. The words of this prayer are gonna pop up on the screen. If you're being prayed for at the front, just carry on. Um, But the rest of us, would you mind just closing your eyes for a moment? Uh, Actually, then you won't be able to see the words. That's complicated. But we're going to pray this prayer. And if that's you, if that's you today, you want to say yes to following Jesus, I'm going to read the words of this prayer out loud. I'm going to give you a a pause to repeat them meaningfully uh, in your own heart. And then I'm going to ask you to put your hand in the air and say yes. Yes, I've prayed that prayer. So let's pray this prayer together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me and love me completely. I know I've made mistakes and now I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything that I know is wrong. Today, I choose to put my faith in You and say yes to following You. Please come into my life and fill me with Your Holy Spirit now. Amen, amen. And again, if you just wanna, if everyone just wants to close their eyes for a moment. If you prayed that prayer, 
If you prayed that prayer either for the first time or for the first time in a long time, I'd just love you to do a brave thing. Pop your hand in the air and I'm asking you to do this uh, because it's a way of of knowing that you prayed that prayer today. But also we just love to give you uh, some resource, a a booklet, some information. We wanna connect with you. We wanna invite you to come and do Alpha. So if that's you, maybe just pop a hand in the air right now. And I'm just gonna catch your eye. If that was anyone this morning, pop your hand in the air and I'll catch your eye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stick your hand up so I can see you. Amen. As I said, if you pray that prayer, uh, if there are any of the team around that can just make sure that um, one of our I Have Decided bags makes its way to you, uh, we would love to connect with you. We're going to worship. In a moment, uh, it'll be time for parents to pick up their children. But can we just honour Nikki and Pips once again? What an amazing example they are to us. Thank you so much. If you came to church and you were like an atheist, agnostic, someone not a church goer, um, you may have prayed that prayer, you may not have prayed that prayer, but if it's had some impact on you today, um, I'd love just to meet you. So I'll be around and just come and say hello and say, look, I came here, this, I've never been to church before or this is my first time. Um, I'd love to meet you. And I'd love to pray God's blessing on this church. Uh, on Tim and Rach and on everybody here. Lord, just want to thank you for this amazing church, this amazing band, these wonderful leaders, Tim and Rach, the whole team here and this church and everyone here. And I want to pronounce God's blessing. This is not just words. This is the power in blessing. I want to pronounce God's blessing on you. God's blessing on your families, your relationships, your homes, your workplace, your communities, your neighbours, God's blessing on your health, God's blessing on your finances, God's blessing on everything you put your hand to, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father who loves you, the Son who died for you, the Holy Spirit who fills you, be upon you now and always. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.